congratulations, Jamie, on such a powerful film. Um, it's the second time I've watched it now, and kind of yeah, affected me in a different way uh, both times. Um, I just wondered if you could take us back to sort of the original seed of an idea and inspiration for the film. Yeah, um, oh, is that on? Yeah, I think I was, well, I've always wanted to make feature films, you know, <laughs> since I was quite young. So I was obviously like always looking for s different stories and I've written other films in the past, like more genre films and stuff like that. But um, I made a short film called The Nest, which I think you've seen as well, and uh, which is based loosely on some things that happened to my family um, in the past. And uh, and then through the process of making that, I started looking at um, more kind of serious kind of social real kind of stories. And and then I was looking at like the, um, it's, not, it's not an easy answer because it kind of just uh, happened organically, mm. but I was looking at like the um, Occupy movement, the financial crisis, and kind of looking into stories around that. Um, and uh, I was kind of trying to, wanted to base a story around the Occupy movement. But then it all just felt a little bit too um, kind of uh, clean and easy, I think, in a way, because I think everyone would just side with the Occupy guys, you know, because mm. they're kind of fighting the good fight and there wasn't um, as much of a um, kind of conflict in there or something. And then I kept going back to the London riots as a kind of um, uh, point of reference, you know, for, for something that was really divisive and complicated, you know. And then I just kind of was like, yeah, actually, why don't I just set it in the riots then? That makes a lot more sense. So, so when did you start writing it or creating it? Because obviously the, la the riots were in... Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, so um, the riots happened in 2011. And then I started writing probably in 2015, early 2015, I reckon. And the film was filmed 2016, 2017? Uh, yeah, so maybe I started even writing a bit before that, possibly. But originally I was writing a completely different story and then it just completely, I mean, the first draft is unrecognisable, you know, apart from the lead's name. Uh, I think everything is different, you know. It was even set in Spain. It comes being set in Spain and just one of the characters through what it then became, you know, the point of shooting. Do you just go through that process yourself or will you share drafts with people and uh, ask for opinions and... So I had um, two producers, one of them was my wife as well, and um, they were on board at the very early stages, you know, really it was the three of us um, from the very beginning, you know, so they were kind of my um, sounding boards really, so I would just give them early drafts and they would, and they would give me some feedback and, and ideas and, you know, I guess I was using them as script editors really and uh, to bat around ideas and stuff like that, mm -hmm. so, so they, were, they were kind of there from when it was this unrecognisable story set in Spain, you know, yeah. so, uh, and they saw it develop into this other completely different story, so, yeah. And in terms of the research around the riots, but also, you know, the sort of, the central characters in the film and the kind of, that community, can you talk a little bit about, you know, what research you conducted and how, how long that took and, and what that Yeah, so I, so, I mean, I basically wrote the kind of structure, you know, and that was just with the other guys and then obviously just you know reading the stories and things like that and then um and then once the kind of um once when it's once it started to pick up momentum 
we, we then started to collaborate with this charity who worked with um, kind of uh, disadvantaged youths in, in the Hackney area in London. And uh, they get them and they, uh, they do like, um, you know, they teach them life skills and stuff. And they also do theatre productions with them. So they do a lot of acting. And so it's a lot of like one of the actors, but haven't had the family support that some, some of us have had, you know, and they need that, that kind of guidance and help. So we work with that charity and... Um, Just and on, the, on the sort of basis of liking the film, you know, well, how do you approach a charity like that? How does it come about? Yeah, I mean, we, um, we, uh, yeah, we approached them initially just for casting, really. Okay. And then it became, and then it became more of a collaboration um, with them. Um, and through that process then, it was good for me because I got to workshop with the actors, you know, mm -hmm. and also not just workshop, but we would like kind of interrogate the script, you know, and then I and then also we would and then I just talk to them a lot about their experiences because a lot of them were kind of caught up in the riots themselves, you know, mm -hmm. and so it was then it was really interesting to hear their kind of um, kind of point of view really on uh, on what happened, you know, and then and then through that process I changed the script, you know, based on the experience that a lot of those guys have had, you know, and then I started to see maybe some of the cliches in my writing and then yeah. and then kind of changed it around. Um, and that was the kind of process, you know, very organic, you know, obviously. And, and a lot of it is completely, like that scene, for example, is completely improvised, that opening scene, by the girl, you know? Like, really? Yeah, like I, I had, I wrote something down, which was a lot more pedestrian <laughs> than yeah. what she did. Yeah. And I said to her, like, look, what I've written is rubbish. I'm, I'm not interested in it because it's not important dialogue. I just, I just want something that feels real. I said, you know, have you got any? And she's the big character in that group. So I was like, have you got any uh, kind of, you know, um, what's the word? Like uh, social myths or what do they okay. call it? Uh, that, not social myths. Uh, anyway, that thing, you know, there are any sort of stories that. Like urban myths. Urban myths, yeah. urban myths, you know, that you, can, uh, that you can do. And then she came up with that story, you know, and I was like, great, do it. Yeah. And then and then that was it, you know. And, and obviously actually, it kind of proved really important in the sense of, for me anyway, I don't know what you guys thought, but it just hooked me in from the beginning because mm. it was like, this feels real, like real talking, you know. This yeah. doesn't feel like it's sort of scripted in yeah. that sense. And also the fact that you don't cut away, you know, yeah. it's just one shot, you know. Yeah. And I think that was important for me to pull people in because you know we get so bombarded now with special effects and all these sorts of things and, mm. and it's and it's just I think in a way it's more it's quite shocking in a way not to cut you know just have like static frames it's like a piece of theatre really isn't it mm. you know but I think what it does is it kind of draws you into the world you know mm. and then I think in a way once you're in then then you can kind of start to develop the story and, all and the way she the way she tells the story like yeah. which is so colloquial and kind of yeah um, that, like, no, 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 wait, no, 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 but then, and yeah. the way you could, you know, how they yeah, film, yeah, and yeah. Just, just sort of, so in terms of the casting, so, I mean, that actress, for example, is, is that her accent in real life, or, you know? Yeah, so, so, basically, these guys, apart from Leon, Marcus Rutherford, mm. um, they all come from that, that, that theatre group, you know, right. and so, and they're all basically playing themselves, because, what I did is also a lot of those characters didn't exist in the script when I went there. I kind of I, I created more characters when I met the characters and I saw the dynamics in the group. So I was trying people out in different roles and all that sort of stuff. And then as as we were um, doing the workshops, I was like, oh, you know, he's really funny. 
I found like these two guys, um, Josh and so the two guys in the middle wearing black. Um, they were they were really not Rousey, sorry. Um, no, the guy on the left and then the guy on the the right black there. Those two, they were like funny just in the workshops. Right. So then I was like, right, I'll just make them characters in 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 the group of friends, you know, because yeah. they're gonna be funny, you know. And obviously one of them's a bit more angry and and aggressive, and the other one's a bit more cracking jokes and funny sort of thing. And then they actually they lead into the story a bit because then one of them just steals shoes and he's just he just like likes doing it for a laugh, whereas the other guy's like actually pissed off with the police and he wants more out of it. And so you show all the little kind of di divisions within the group then as well. You know? And so as a cast, then were they quite um, really on board with the story and kind of passionate about it? And but like, did they ever um, challenge aspects of the story, or were they just sort of? Um, they. There was there was one guy who who's really amazing guy who who I, who I didn't cast because he wasn't he wasn't really in in that group for the acting he was more like a writer himself right. you know and me and him had quite a lot of um, discussions and, and and interrogated it a bit and stuff you know but he no but he, I mean fundamentally he really loved the story and he felt more than anything I think he was angry that there weren't um, more films like this you know uh, portraying this because obviously. You know, a lot of these kind of films, you know, it's like very gang related. You know, mm. you know what I mean. Like, it's, it's, I know, I know that he sort of sells drugs or something early on, but it's not like a, it's not really about that. You know, no. it's more and just he's not like even like a group. Yeah, it, it's you like them and it, it's a yeah, connection, yeah, yeah, isn't it? I mean, I based a lot of them on my own mates. You know, just growing up, it's really about um, just youth culture, really. Mm. Um, and it's not really about the gangland stuff that you see in Top Boy and stuff. You know, although I love Top Boy, you know, but um, so I think. For, for some of them it was kind of refreshing just to kind of have a film where they could just perform and be themselves, be funny and, and not necessarily be kind of pigeonholed into that yeah. side of things, you know. Yeah. Although I'm sure, you know, I'm sure there are, some people must feel that there's cliches in this as well, you know. So, um, I mean, that's, that's the beauty of cinema, I think, it's just down to taste at the end of the day. So. Yeah. I wanted to touch on like sort of the shooting style and also we were talking on the phone and I thought it was quite interesting about... Um, the riot scenes in particular, and yeah. how he managed to make them, in my opinion, look like really full yeah. and really alive and stuff, and yeah. presumably not on a massive budget. So, no. can you kind of share any sort of techniques or uh, yeah, yeah. Sort of experience with that? Really? Uh, I mean, I, obviously, I just discovered the techniques as I went along because yeah, uh, there, there was, was no kind of, yeah, yeah, there was no manual for it. Yeah. Um, but I. Obviously, I use a lot of archive footage um, in the build-up, you know, you mm. see it on the TV and things like that. And that was, I chose to do that to try and create a sense of it being a bigger world, you know, out yeah. there sort of thing. And the scene where Leon and Billy's boyfriend are looking out and there's massive plumes of smoke and helicopters. Yeah. yeah. Was, was that archive or was that you? No, that then? was, that was actually CGI. So I did use I a little bit of CGI. Okay. Yeah. But I was very, very subtle with it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I so, um, yeah, no, I mean, actually, that scene, I came up with that idea after I'd shot it. Okay. So, but it, I had them initially, I was just going to, you're just going to hear the riots in the background, you know. But then when I when I saw the shot and they're, and they're looking out and stuff, I just thought it sort of needs mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. So then I added in the helicopters and, and the smoke and things like that, you know, so you get the sense that they're watching it. And that was a kind of choice because when he's with those kind of more middle class kids, you know, you get the perspective, you know, and I guess it's all about perspective, you know, like when they go to the canal boat, it's that perspective, you know, they get to breathe, you know, because they're out of the, the chaos, you know, mm. kind of thing. But then when you're, when you're not like 
when you don't have that kind of privilege, you know, you don't have that kind of perspective, you know, and you're, you're in it and you're much more wrapped up and caught up in it, you know, mm. which is what happens to him at the end, you know, he's, he's kind of wrapped up in, in the chaos at the end, you know. How choreographed were the riots? Yeah, so in terms of shooting the riots, I think when it actually came to that stuff, we had to, the main riot scene at the end was actually shot in a studio. Mm-hmm. So that was in Wimbledon studio. So um, the reason we did that is because then we could just kind of do what we wanted inside the studio. And we obviously we didn't have a huge cast, uh, you know, we couldn't fill the, 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 the space. Mm-hmm. So what I did is I chose to just shoot on a much tighter lens, longer lens basically, and then shoot further away. And then you can kind of shoot through people. I mean, I looked at loads of YouTube footage and I was just kind of basing it on that, you know, because mm. I was looking at a load of stuff shot in like 5Ds and all that kind of stuff. And they were, you know, often just shooting through people. And I thought, well, actually, I can recreate that mm. without a big budget, you know. Mm. I mean, I can't do a big wide shot with loads of, you know, but I can definitely do some of this YouTube stuff. And actually, that stuff looks like cooler anyway, you know, because it looks more chaotic and mad, you know. So, so often, you know, you. Ba- I'd say to the DOP, like, right, you know, that's your kind of perimeter that you can film. You, you know, you can't swing the camera there because if you do that, you're gonna you're gonna reveal that there's no one there basically. Mm. So often he's got this little window that he can swing the camera, and that's why he's put all the people there basically. You know, and loads of the people in there are like the actual crew as well. You know, so right. getting a crew, putting hoodies on and yeah. stuff like that, and friends and whoever I could get basically. And did know. so? Did you choreograph them, or did you just sort of? No, no, so it was choreographed. So the way we did it is, so that scene where they they fight and then he gets gets hit by the the cop and then he goes down and then they throw a Molotov cocktail, all of that's choreographed. But the way we did it is we had a clear set. So we'd clear the set first and then we we choreograph it just with the people that have the actual action. So, so then we do their bits, you know, and then once we've done their bits, then we would then bring in the stunts guys and then we'd bring it and then they would do the actual, do it with the stunts and then we'd bring in the special effects guys and then we'd do it. So it was like just adding layers, you know, mm-hmm. and then the last layer would be bringing in all the extras, you know, and just saying to the extras, right, look, you just go with the flow, but don't get into, don't get in the way of the action um, and just kind of, you know, just, yeah, just make it look natural, you know, and then within that, then I would. I would have, a, you know, I had a floor plan and a kind of, um, you know, where I want the cameras to go and stuff, but it was fairly fluid. I, I would just give the camera guy, like, right, you're going to go here and here. And then obviously when you start shooting, ideas come to you, you know. Mm. And obviously then I was thinking, oh, you know, I, I kept getting the same angle. So I was like, how can I sort of change the angle of it? And then I, I thought, actually, if I remove one of the, the riot guys with a shield, I can put the cameraman like, right in the middle of the action where the riot guy was. And obviously you have to give him a helmet, so the, so the DOP's <laughs> got like a helmet and he's like right in the thick of the action, you know. Right. And, uh, yeah. But you, the, these ideas come to you when you're, in, when you're on, on set sort of thing. Mm. As I watched it the second time there, um, just thinking about the music and the sound and the way that kind of works to, uh, to, to add contrast, so like you say, with Leon when he's in the more middle class room and for me it's just a lot more serene and quiet. Um, and it seemed to be like a reflection of what's going on in his head, like mm. where he's standing at it. Um, how much of that did you know before? How much of that, you know, did you, did you put on in the edit? And, and what's your process with music and sound really? Um, well, I think that was a that was a kind of quite a conscious choice before I started, because that's kind of something that I've experienced growing up uh, at a young age in the centre of London in quite a, an area similar to this. And just yeah, having that kind of chaos and stuff, and then 
and then moving to Wales, you know, when mm -hmm. I was, um, and then having that complete, well, not just moving to Wales, but my mum would always take me to Wales for the, for the summers and stuff, you know, so I, so I would have the luxury of both worlds, really, you know, mm -hmm. sort of, and that contrast always, but, you know, if, when it, all you need is just to have 24 hours away from the chaos and kind of reconnect with yourself, you know, but like my, my dad used to work for um, a community centre and loads of kids there never even left London, you know, they'd never even seen the sea, you know, and um, so they never get that perspective, you know, and I think like, I think there's something in that, you know, I think there's, it's, uh, you know, you need that, you know. Because it's like the scenes in his bedroom, they were quite quiet, but they were like quiet in a different way. Yeah, but they were oppressively quiet, weren't they? Like, yeah. in, like his cage almost, you know. Yeah. And I wanted to base, I always wanted his, his room to be like a prison almost, you know. Mm. And in, in that kind of prison environment where you feel there's people in the prison who are threatening you. So obviously that guy, you know, his, mm. his stepdad or whatever, yeah. you know, he feels constantly under threat from that guy. Um, so I just wanted to create that kind of prison mentality thing, you know, where you never, you can never relax, you know. Yeah. That kind of, you know, constantly on edge sort of thing, you know under threat sort of thing, so. The, um, talking of that guy, because the, the brutality um, of some of the scenes in the film, was there anything that you didn't include in the film um, and, and how sort of, you know, comfortable you sit with, with showing those, those kind of levels of brutality, I guess, especially, I mean, there was the women in the room, but there was an awful gasp when Chris kissed Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, scene um that scene was pretty much as i shot it and as i planned it um i did shoot a lot of other there was a lot more violence in the original edit in the in the script mm. but but it was kind of like it felt a little bit like gang violence stuff and i kind of i think i i was just thinking oh maybe it'd be a bit more commercial or something if i had some of that in there and then I just realised then, I just, it, it just cheapened the film, you know? Mm -hmm. So actually, I, I ended up losing a lot of that gang violence stuff. And, and, and it became much more domestic, you know? And, uh, and I think, in a way, it's um, much darker, really, uh, the domestic stuff. Because it's like, it's his mum, you know, that's, that's happening too. And I think then maybe you understand a little bit more why he would feel that, that you know, why he doesn't feel like there's a way out for a guy like that, you know, mm. because if he, you know, if that's his mum and that's his home life, you know, that's where he gets to retreat to, then, you know, he hasn't got a chance, has he? Yeah. So I think I just, um, I just wanted to stick to it being more of a domestic mm. drama in the end and getting away from the gang stuff. Yeah. As much and as in I terms can. of the ending, were there ever different endings where it ended more positively for Leon? Or it never ended more positively, I'm afraid. <laughs> it only ended worse, actually. Right. There was an ending where he got stabbed. Uh, again, it was to do with that gang stuff. And I, and I actually edited it out um, because, I, again, I felt like that was too much or something. But no, I, I always knew it was a tragedy. I mean, I know that, I know that it's a hard sell, isn't it? Because obviously, you know, people want to be entertained as well with the film. But there's, you know? there are moments of lightness in it. And there's, yeah. there's like a little love story, yeah. isn't there, for him? So it's not all... No, I, I, yeah, like the party scenes and him. Yeah. And when he's with his mates, often that stuff is feels is fun to watch and it's not 
too heavy, you know, and then obviously back in his home is quite, that's when it gets a bit darker, you know, but then obviously when he's with Twiggy and falling in love a little bit, you know, there's a little bit of break from the, the kind of harshness there. But I think overall, I think if you're going to make a film about the London riots, I mean, it, it is a tragedy, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I, I don't really know how you could do it in another way, but I'm sure a, a filmmaker could do it in a completely different way and, and maybe have a positive outlook on it. But I think, uh, yeah, tragedy. Well, I, I guess we'll ask Jane a bit more about sort of his career path and things like that, but let's save the film for now. So I just wonder if anybody in the audience has got any questions about the film. Um, well, I'm only starting out, <laughs> so I'm learning my style as I go along. But um, yeah, I, I've, I've definitely done a lot of improv, um, and I've always been interested in acting as a as a craft, you know. So, um, and I always knew that there was going to be a lot of improv, more than anything, because uh, I just couldn't write a lot of that dialogue, you know, um, because I'm not directly from that world, and I'm a forty-year-old bloke, you know, and. Uh, so, so it was more just kind of out of necessity, really. But I, but also a lot of these, like that scene there, and stuff. You know, oh, it's gone. Yeah. The one, the opening scene, and things like that. You know, it doesn't. Um, it's not like important dialogue. You know, I would say it, like it's not like important in the sense of to the to the plot. You know, to the narrative. So it just, um, yeah, I was just kind of more than happy to let the uh, the guys just kind of riff through it. You know, like when they're doing the balloons and like that was that whole scene was improvised. That originally that scene was going to be something else and I didn't like it at all so I just kind of tore up the script and just said right let's just like go to the park and just do something completely different you know so I just said right all you need to do is like you start off you're just hanging out you get high and then and then he's going to say I've got to go to a party and then you guys don't want to go but eventually you'll go and like that was literally the direction I gave you know? other than that just stay in character and, and stick to the names you know <laughs> and then I just let them go you know and whether or not they really got high is totally up to you to decide. But <laughs> I definitely didn't know anything about any illegal activity <laughs> on set. But I'll, I'll leave it up to you to decide that. Well, then let's go. is just unbelievable I mean you know it's, it's so like it's such a different kind of undertaking you know um, I think the main sort of the main difference is just the scale you know and keeping a grip of like such a that kind of scale you know when you got when you do a short film you know you just you, you know say you shoot like four days or, or something you know, you can just push through, you know, and use your energy just to push through. And even if you haven't got, like, the best team around you, you know, you can just use your energy just to kind of get your vision across, you know. Mm -hmm. 
but like you just can't do that on a feature. You know, you have to surround yourself with people you trust, who, who you know can can take the bat on when when you can't, because you just can't keep a, a check on everything <coughs> the whole time. So the key, so what's really important is surrounding yourself with key crew and producers and stuff who you know you can trust on certain in certain areas. You know, mm-hmm. uh, when you because you just can't keep your eye on every single detail. You know, like my mum said said something recently that. That Stanley Kubrick said about um, making a film is like trying to write War and Peace while on a roller coaster, <laughs> and uh, but when you but when you succeed, you know the payoff is incredible, you know, and that's true as well, you know, when you when you do get it over the line, it's just an unbelievable feeling, you know, because you just think how the hell did I do this, you know, like how how is it even possible, yeah, you know, and also also when you when you when you're working on a low budget film, you know, you have to kind of get people on board by offering them a certain amount of creative control so that they can get their kind of, because they've got their own agenda, their own career paths that they're thinking about. So you have to give up, you're constantly having to give up quite a lot, you know, to, to convince people to come on board, you know, mm. and do it. But you ch- obviously you're still trying to get them to buy into your vision. And it's this constant kind of cat and mouse game sort of thing. And then, you know, you make the wrong choices as well, you know, and then you have to deal with maybe you've made a wrong casting choice or you've brought the wrong producer on or you've, you know, um, or somebody isn't the kind of person you thought they were going to be and then you have to deal with all those problems, you know. And it's, um, yeah, I mean, just literally from the beginning, from the start of the, the actual shooting, principal photography, until we wrapped at the end, you know, I, you know, you just don't get a break, you know, yeah. as a director. You know, we were shooting like six days a week and then on the day off, I'm, I'm like, writing, planning the next week, you know, in, and so you, you just don't get a break. And then by the end of it, I was just like, in the rap party, I just like literally just passed out, you know, on the yeah. table. I was just like, they were like lifting my head up and taking <laughs> pictures of me and stuff, you know. Yeah. I just, I, obviously, I was a bit drunk. And so can you kind of give a brief summary of your, um, of your the journey then, not the journey, the career path, but, and also like, at what point do you, and excuse me if I seem ignorant no. to this, but what makes you feel confident or do you think is you should know know that you're ready for a feature. Well, that's a good question. <laughs> uh, I think my problem is overconfidence. I think I can do anything, really. Uh, so I've always felt like I could do a feature from a young age, really, mm-hmm. um, when clearly I couldn't. Um, so I'm glad that it's been really hard for me, in a way, to get the first one over the line, because it meant, I think if I'd have done this when I was a lot younger, I, would, I don't know if I would have achieved this, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, I think also that you know it's just until you build up the contacts and stuff really and you know also I got I had so many integral crew members who were who were just at the just on the precipice of like breaking out and being big successes themselves like DOP and the production designer and all that mm-hmm. um, but I knew them and they'd worked with me before so I, I was able to just kind of cherry pick them just before they we're going to go big, you know, so it's about getting the right timing, you know, like me and Albert working on the cinematography together, that was an integral part of the the look of the film, you know, and also uh, Lottie who did the production design, you know, like that, that, in terms of the aesthetic of the film, really, it was us three, really, that were the main kind of visionaries in that area, you know. And I know you were talking earlier about networking and the difficulties around it, but, you know, in terms of building Advice around that, and how did you meet those people? How or how did you convince them to do? Oh, 
Well, it's just really hard. There's no real one way. I mean, the only thing I can... I know it probably sounds like a cliche, but it's just to, to keep making films however you can, you know, and wherever you get... So if I ever got a, um, a, a good commercial job or something, then I would just get the money and then go and shoot my own thing with the money, you know. Mm. I, nev I was never very good at raising money, you know, like with public funding boards and stuff like that. I, was nev I never really did much networking in that way. I was always just, I was just networking in, in the actual industry. With, yeah. Yeah, in the, that's like a kind of a million pound feature, really. Um, but shot on uh, 300,000, you know. But because you've got contacts. Because we had contacts yeah. and I'd done yeah. short films that, uh, like, that had won awards. And so I think people were willing to, to kind of come on board, even though, like, out there particularly, you know, was earning a lot of money at the time. And he had to turn down big big money jobs, you know, um, to do the film. But I think he knew that if he did it, he, he, would, he would maybe have a chance of winning awards and stuff. Mm. And, he, and he did, you know, he's won some, some of the most prestigious awards, you know. Mm. So, so I think, like, yeah, it's just about, yeah, and it's just a bit of luck and yeah. energy. And I don't know, really, it's, it's, a, it's a hard one, really. Yeah. I know it's a, because I just think everyone's career paths are, are different because it's just a kind of chaotic industry, really. Yeah, no I think it's just, you know, good to sort of highlight that this isn't the first thing that you've just suddenly decided to do, you know, you've been working towards this. Oh, yeah, yeah. For ages, oh, for years, and decades. Build, building and building yeah, and building yeah, yeah. and, you know, and then product is really accomplished. I shot a lot of documentaries and that influenced my style as well, you know, working with real people, not just actors, you know, I've done a lot of that in the past as well, you know, yeah. so, I mean, authenticity, I think, has always been my main trait in the world, you know, like, I, I, don't, I think the story is fairly simple in a way, you know, um, but uh, I just wanted to make sure that it felt, like, authentic, I guess, really, that was my main thing, you know. So where are things at for the film at the moment? Um, is there a distributor on board, or what's the sort of plan to this? Uh, yeah, we had, um, we, we, we had a sales agent who, um, uh, you know, sort of sold the world um, to distributors around the world um, sold the film to distributors around the world and uh, yeah I'm, I'm not sure we're going to make much money from it to be honest but at least it's getting sh seen everywhere mm. and, and it's been to loads of festivals and it's um, it's going to be released digitally uh, in the UK next month I think so you know hopefully it'll have a bit of an audience there you know but it's just it's very hard in, in the UK um, to get to kind of do a theatrical, I mean, we could have done a theatrical if we wanted to, but it would have like cost us like fifty grand or something just yeah. to even get a theatrical, like you know. So because our distributors uh, didn't want to do it, you know, because yeah. the problem is, it's like you can get it into cinemas, but you know who's going to go and see it, you know. So really, the money should go into marketing, really, mm. because you need people to come and see the film, you know. But like you know, to to market a film properly, it costs like you know, you can spend millions, you know. To market a film, you know, so it's a really hard thing. You know, the best thing you can hope for is that it goes into the festivals, picks up a few awards, people in the industry can see it, you know, and then and then you get a little bit of prestige, and then you can maybe get your next one off the ground, you know. Exactly. But I mean, it's brutal, you know, mm. and because there's no, there's like, you've got to, you've got to earn money, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And the problem, the thing that worries me is that you know I'm lucky because I I was able to build a career in the commercial industry and. And I made a bit of money like that, which I was able to put into the film, and, and I kind of built myself up like that. But my worry is, is that, you know, uh, 
it's like, is it going to become a, a hobby of the rich, you know? And then other stories that being told, are they just going to be about rich problems, you know? And do you know what I mean? That's my concern. And, you, do, you know, you do definitely do see that. And I know there are funding boards there that are trying to help and trying to push, you know, but just, it's just so little money available. Really. Yeah. And it tends to go to the same people. Yeah. So. And so what is next or current for you? Well, I'm working on a, a lot of different projects. I got, um, I'm working on a little short documentary at the moment. Um, working on a, a period um, drama, political drama, which I'm, which I'm actually writing with my dad over there. Um, and I'm also developing a kind of almost a follow-on of um, the Nest. You know, my short film. It's kind of where that finishes. I'm doing a feature film, kind of about her story afterwards. You know. Um, yeah, and, and uh, a TV, I'm writing a kind of TV series at the moment. Lots going on. Loads, yeah. Have you ever attempted to, to film something set in Wales? Well, the, the period drama is set in Wales, yeah. Okay. It's, yeah. A, it's a kind of a, a moment in Welsh history that hasn't been looked at yet uh, through cinema, so so we, uh, yeah, we're quite excited about that. Yeah. And we kind of, again, it's similar to Obey in a sense because we fictionalised a bit of the story, right. but we, but it's it's a little bit more factual than Obey because actually a lot of the characters truly did exist, but we the central character we kind of based on somebody, but it's not you know we changed her name and you know fictionalised her slightly. So mm. it's quite a nice way to work, I think, because you can then look at history and make a comment about history as opposed to just giving a lecture on history, yeah. you know. And I think that's the point of drama. I think, yeah, is to is to kind of say something. Not just to not just, not just to say this is what happened. It's actually yeah. make a comment on it, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Have you got any more questions you can ask me? Yeah. Okay. Well, um, thank you very much, Dave, for your time, and um, yeah, good luck with it. Thank you for having me.